You're listening to Two Tape Decks and a Mixing Board, a podcast about life through the lens of music. Welcome to Two Tape Decks and a Mixing Board. My name is Jay Mack. Hey, and this is Sam Wade out in Los Angeles. And we've got a hell of a show. Can't wait to get to it. Got a really cool guest. I'm going to wait for Sam to introduce him. But I would just like to remind our listeners that every Wednesday, a new episode of Two Tape Decks and Mixing Board drops on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Look for our B-sides on Saturday, which is just a random little bit. Could be funny, could be strange. Let's, let's be honest, it's always funny and it's always strange. And then, of course, look us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash two tape decks. Sam, you want to introduce our stellar guest here? Yeah, Jay Mack, I'm excited to introduce Ross Christopher. He's a forward-thinking indie ambient orchestral songwriter and producer. His latest work, Apophonia, was released in May on Heart Dance Records to critical acclaim. He's a multi-instrumentalist that has contributed to several Grammy-winning songs, films, documentaries, and television. And we're excited to have him on the show to talk about his process and future endeavors. Hey, Ross, welcome to the show. What's up, guys? Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for coming on the show. Ross, you've got some incredible musical talent. I listened to some of your tracks earlier th- this today. Really cool stuff. Ross, you know, I mean, you know, I've known you for a while. Um, you've, you've kind of had uh, quite a growth in, in the last few years in, in direction and in style. Um, kind of had this pivot away from lyric-based songs to like this ambient yeah. stuff. Uh, it's really exciting. Yeah. Um, and I'm really curious to hear more about, you know, where you're coming from right now and kind of what your plans are for the future on this stuff. Yeah. So I started writing music, um, like 1999, 2000, I put out 10 records that were all, like you said, lyric based, um, kind of indie singer songwriter Mm -hmm. stuff, um, very melodic kind of pop rock with some edge to it. Um, as you know, Sam, I'm a violinist, and so I, I always brought a lot of strings into my songwriting. Um, and I started doing a lot more work over the years, uh, writing, recording, composing string arrangements for other artists. So I put out 10 records, um, like I said, that were all lyrics-based, was touring in support of those, loved those records, like was, was really writing from the heart. And if I'm honest, um, like in 2017 everything I was writing lyrically was just dark and kind of angry and just uh, everything that was going on politically was just, it it put my songwriting like in this negative, angry box. And so I wanted to at least try to pivot away from the lyrical side of that and just create like an atmosphere that put me in a good place and, and write from a place of catharsis. So Uh, In 2019, I put out a record called Antagonist. Um, It was still like on the brooding, angry, pissed off side. (laughs) Um, And it was funny, like maybe two weeks after that record came out, um, Heart Dance Records, a label reached out to me, a cool boutique um, label that really focuses on um, ambient instrumental artists. Um, And they said, hey, we love your stuff. We think you'd be a good fit. And I thought about it. We had some conversations back and forth. And 
I said, you know, as far as like my instrumental stuff, since that really like works within your, within your lane, I think it's a good fit. And so we've just kind of taken it one album at a time. So in 2020, I put out, uh, I guess in a little bit before 2020, I put out uh, an EP with them and then a full length called Alternate Future in 2020 um, and just really started, I don't know, getting my feet wetter and wetter when it came to writing instrumental music um, and not just being the guy that some other artist or band would hire to compose you know, an orchestral arrangement yeah. for their song but creating the entire soundscape. Um, and I loved it because I could kind of throw out the whole verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus thing. And I could just do, you know, really just like the stream of consciousness writing and layering. And Sam knows when I, whenever I tour, I, I bring in a lot of looping into it. And so it really fit within that, um, just creating a lot of cool textures and, and, um, layers and stuff like that. So 2020, I put out alternate future. I did a remix of that record later in the year that had, it was like, I took all of these very sparse minimalist songs and did like a Tom York remix thing to it and had a lot of fun with that. And then I put out an EP, uh, these are not our fears in 2021 and then Apophania, uh, in May, uh, of this year. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's been a ride and it's been fun. And I just, I love the, like you said, the pivot that I made and yeah. just the kind of leaning into that, um, just that instrumental storytelling. For sure, man. And I want to, I want to lean into that and hear more about that process. Um, but before we do, I thought it would be cool to, to play one of the tracks for our listeners to kind of hear what you're up to. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so let's play There Are My Love from Apophania by Ross Christopher.
beautiful. Thank you. What this reminds me of, Nick Cave did the soundtrack to a movie called The Road. And it has some amazing atmospheric music, unlike anything the Bad Seeds ever did. I don't know if you're familiar with this, Sam. But that's kind of, it grabbed me in in a way that usually this instrumental stuff doesn't quite do. It was, it was like, it was almost like it was telling a story while it went. I mean, it kind of, it did take you somewhere. And and you mentioned earlier when you said stream of consciousness, that was the first, I was actually getting ready to say that before you said that, that your music is very stream of consciousness. It's almost like the soundtrack to a really pleasant dream. I really dug it. But, but there's a hint of sadness there too, which if, if you, anybody who's seen the movie, the road, it's a very sad kind of dark movie, but, there's a beauty to it. And I loved, I love how you kind of weave the sadness with the beauty and it, it leaves you feeling really uplifted. I, I can't quite explain it. I guess that's the magic of music. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. You know, um, I want to talk about the, the title of this record and where you're coming mm-hmm. from, from that, but also, you know, so, so my experience with this record recently is, is I was on a flight. And I decided to um, put your album on um, as the plane was taking off. Great flying music, bro. And it was like, it was. It was one of those perfect times where, you know, as you lift off from the ground and the world gets smaller and smaller, like this music was just kind of like taking me along for the ride. And, and I agree that it kind of pulls you along on this journey. And what I love mm-hmm. about Highland this too is it's it's different than some of the the, the music that we've had the opportunity to have on the show too. I'm, I'm so glad you've been able to uh, join us tonight. I'm really curious to know um, how you approach this process of writing this music because it's so different than the mathematical approach of verse, chorus, verse, mm-hmm. chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus kind of a way of, of writing. So where are you coming from as you create this stuff, Ross? Well, first, let me just say, like, I get why the verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus thing works. Like, it is just something you expect. You expect the songs to to move and resolve in certain ways, especially when there are lyrics attached to it and we're kind of forced to that three-and-a-half-minute radio segment. And I just, I really was kind of just tired of that a little bit. And so I felt more freedom. And within this genre, especially, as I'm listening to other artists that are kind of in this ambient instrumental space, you know, to have songs that are, you know, five, eight, nine minutes long is not uncommon. Um, And so I just, I felt first the permission, not that you ever need to ask permission to write a song, but sort of, I knew that the people that would be listening to it are going to not only get it, but they're going to appreciate something that doesn't follow a typical rule or pattern. As far as instrument, or as far as the inspiration goes, um, I mean, the inspiration I mean, I think a good songwriter is going to be inspired by everything. Um, I've made a practice years and years ago just to always have, you know, either my phone where I could make voice, voice memos and like there is so much trash on my phone of like me <laughs> driving 70 miles down the road, humming melody lines For into sure. it or just like an idea or I'll see a film and there's a scene. Um, I mean, for example, I think this particular song that I wrote I had just finished watching the Terrence Malick film, uh, a hidden life, uh. which is, which is beautiful. I mean, it is, it is a beautiful film that might have like two and a half minutes of spoken word 
in the entire movie. Right. Um, but it's gorgeous. It's about this Austrian priest who is a pacifist and like refuses to fight for the Nazis. And um, there's just, there's this love and this bond between he and his family, but there's also like this present darkness and reality of just like life kind of, you know, on the outside, but it's, I don't know, in all of this darkness and like what this movie could be, there is like just, just this gorgeous beauty to it. And so I, I, I remember I had just seen that and I was working on the record and I wanted to write a song specifically about uh, my wife and kids um, just as, as inspiration. And so coming from that and then writing this song, that song in particular has basically three three movements. It all kind of runs off of that one riff and it like changes octaves and it morphs and it like there's interplay. Yeah. But there's three different parts kind of each representing a different kid. And then as the song is really like starting to get somewhere, it just, I throw it there at the end because my kids are 11 and 13 and like their lives and my life and my wife's life and everything is still yet to be written. So it's just like throwing it to the universe. And so there's some excitement and anticipation and beauty and wonder and hauntedness and all kinds of emotion to it. But uh, so that's what went into that song in particular. Well, it makes sense that it was inspired by a film because it does have this narrative to it. You can't really pinpoint what it is, but like amongst the beauty, there's a darkness. And I love that feeling. And when you're describing a mm -hmm. priest refusing to fight for the Nazis, that kind of um, epic time period, there's a thread that goes through it. And it I can hear it all the way. And I think that's probably why it reminds me of the Nick Cave soundtrack yeah because it's so it's like telling a story and you but you don't even need to know what the plot lines are but i'm curious i'm curious how do you how do you start writing an epic piece like that i mean i hear it and i'm like <laughs> i don't even know i don't even know how to dissect that what i'm hearing it's just it's just like a, a just a blend of so many different things where do you start yeah. on that process it is a bit of a wash uh when it's all said and done um, I mean, this one, it just started with that melody line. Da, 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 da. I mean, that's it. I mean, what is that? Three notes? Well, you make it sound so easy. I doubt it was that easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I mean, but that's, I mean, that's where it started from. It was just like something that simple. And I don't know. I mean, I think it's good to remember like all the music we've ever heard ever was made out of 12 notes. <laughs> yep. you know and so like i i just started really simple and i think that one in particular i don't remember if it was a violin or a cello that i first like laid down the first line but i just laid it down there and then i always create these like big drone textures with uh mixing like synths and electric guitar and things like that and then just the interplay and just trying to because it doesn't have words you know, like Sam said, he listened to it on a plane. I, you know, I travel a lot. I listen to music every night as I go to bed, um, as I'm working, just, I mean, music's always there and like really good music is a character in a film. If that makes sense. It does. Like if you, if you were to, t if you were to take the Nick Cage soundtrack out of the road, it wouldn't be the road, right? Yeah, it's like, it's a character of that. I was just gonna say, I think really good films work that way. Really good soundtracks work that way. They are a character and they are, um, you know, an instigator of emotion and, and 
what we see and how we react to certain things. And so I kind of took the other side, like I'm not being fed those images, but I'm trying to create those images. If you just, if I can get the listener to like close their eyes and imagine what's happening around this song, um, I think they're going to, they're going to go someplace interesting. I agree with that because I, I feel like you, you, you kind of encoded that maybe tell me if I'm wrong, but into the title of the record as well. Can you explain a little bit like what, what does that mean? And, and how did you, how, how did you name uh, the record that? During like the early part of the pandemic, uh, one of my best friends, no, actually it was, it was my brother-in-law who is one of my best friends. He reached out and he said, you got to read this book uh, called The Wanderers. And it was about, it was written a few years ago, but it was about this, um, this plague. We don't know what this plague is and all the crazy like political and religious stuff that compounds it and makes it nutty. And it was just, it was like eerily timely when I read wow. it, but they threw out, they threw out it. It kind of embodies itself as like this, this wandering caravan of zombies. We don't really know what's happening. These people aren't doing anything other than they're just wandering and the group is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And they threw out this term, apophonia. Um, and apophonia, all the word means it's, it's to perceive meaning, um, to perceive meaningful connections uh, between unrelated things. Mm. So that's what, that's what all like the scientists and the CDC and the world health organization in the book, we're trying to figure out like, how are these people like wandering and coming together? Cause they couldn't figure out like what's triggering this. Um, but I think just in my, in my life, like that is what, I don't know, as I continue to mature and learn and, and all the things that we do, like, I'm just constantly trying to find meaningful connection in things that wouldn't necessarily be connected because at the end of the day, I think we're more connected than we are separate, but I do think it takes a lot of work. Um, and I think it has to be intentional. Otherwise, uh, it's, it's so much easier just to divide and conquer and say like, this is mine, screw you. Um, but there's no beauty in that. There's no, it's not sustainable. It's not healthy. It's not good. Um, and so that's what I'm trying to, I think that's what I've tried to do with all of my music. Um, but specifically with this album, like all of the songs have like these connecting lines and themes to it. And even from song to song, to song, you know, I, I think it's one that you can, you know, put on as you go to sleep and you'll be asleep sure. pretty, qu- pretty quick. Cause it's <laughs> just going to like knock you out. Anyway, yeah, but, that, but that's, that's beautiful. a long way to. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I think thanks for taking the time to unpack that because um, I think that there's a lot there to digest and, and there's a lot, uh, you know, looking for for meaning and, and patterns and things is, I mean, mm-hmm. that's very relevant right now in our yeah. culture when there's so many things hitting us um, in so many directions and people trying to make connections with things that may not have connections. Um, but yeah. to really tie that back to like a message of hope or, or peace. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong there, man. I mean, that's, that's just sure. a, that's just a beautiful for sure. thought for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the antithesis of like the echo chamber. Yeah. That is the easiest thing in the world to do. Just like self-congratulating. Um, I'm just going to find people that think and believe and behave like me. And I'll just ride that out to the end of time. Um, but it's just so much more cool to like travel the world find people that don't talk like you, look like you, believe like you, eat like you, and just 
I mean, the thing I always tell people is I'm just realizing every single day that my world is not the world. Mm. And that like, that's, that's the key right there. I think to, to discovering apophonia and to like embodying it and living it. So. Well, you're absolutely right. And one way to open up your world is to spend time with other cultures. I was fortunate enough to know some Indian folks, but people from India, I, I had, I have some Latino friends. And once again, the walls come down between people when you spend time together, because there's a lot of fear out there. There's, I guess it's, the term is xenophobia, I guess would be one of the words. But yeah. if you spend time with people that you otherwise wouldn't have, and I don't care, it, could, it might, might not be another culture, it might be somebody from a different perspective. And if, sure. if you're open-hearted and the people you're talking with are open-hearted, um, mm. you will learn so much about people and it really informs your perspective on the world. It's, it's mm -hmm. hard to... It's not impossible, but it's hard to hate people that you that you have intimate contact with. If you go over to somebody's yep. house for dinner, I was I was fortunate enough to go over to some some Guatemalans and they made they made me dinner. The walls came down immediately, even though I didn't know a lot of Spanish. I could communicate and we we had we had some good conversations. The laughter and just the fact that they were cooking for me, the walls came yeah. down. Same thing with the Indian Indian family I know. And I think the world needs a little more of that and a little less of the other. You know what I mean? And I feel like the fact that there's oh, the fact that there's a message in your music without saying anything is just it's it's freaking brilliant, dude. I love it. I love it because <laughs> because it's getting to them even though they don't know it is. Because what you put yeah, into that yeah. music, I believe, will translate on some level. I don't feel you could have hateful, angry thoughts listening to the, the music of yours that I've heard. Uh, it's 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 a it's well, amazing thanks. and beautiful. I love it. And I, you're you're right. You could put it on when when you're sleeping. A lot of times before I go to bed, I'll turn on meditation music, and it gets your mm -hmm. it gets, settles your mind down and in a peaceful yeah. state. I love it. <laughs> well, thanks. Well, you know, I think music is one of those things. Just like like you said, just like sharing a meal with somebody. I mean, that's why these travel food shows are so popular. It's like we can think whatever we want about a people or a culture, but you sit down and have a meal with them. And you taste like the type of people they are in the experience that you have over the table and over the food. And um, you listen to the music and you just experience like the things that that connect us. And there's little little fingerprints and all of that. So our, my family, we love to travel. We've that's probably been the biggest bummer of this past year is not being able to travel. Mm -hmm. uh, but we've got a ton of stuff lined up. And uh, we're excited to get back out there. But um, that's awesome. So I, I just know a lot of that, you know, traveling in different cultures and experiences is feeding this. Um, yeah. Well, you, you certainly walked that out, man. Thank you. There's more that connects us than separates us when it comes down to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I wanted to talk a little bit about. You know, like I do want to encourage listeners to go and check out Apophania and uh, Antagonist and also, you know, take some time, you know, with with your record Kamikaze that you released in 2017. I mean, you're right. There's some anger on there. I feel like it's, you know, like a. Should I say a righteous anger? Uh, it's, you know, <laughs> you're dealing with some topics that are that are really relevant to that time, uh, to that time period and still relevant now. I wish it wasn't. I, I, I'll i be honest. So I wrote, it came out in 2017. I wrote it in the lead up to the election. And I just, I hoped that that record was just going to fall flat because 
it wouldn't resonate. And unfortunately it did. Where were you wrong? And it still does in a lot of ways. So yeah. But I, I think I think what you've been able to do now, um, and in in pivoting into what you're creating now with this ambient music is just really brilliant. You know, I see a lot of parallels between like what Brian Eno has done with his music and another um uh artist that I think of when I listen to it is uh, David Wingo, um, who writes a lot of uh ambient film scores. So it's kind of in that same wheelhouse, so explosions in the sky. Like if you're a fan yeah. of these types of music, I think that it's it's really relevant to to listen to what you're bringing to the table, Ross, because I think that it's it really does suck you in, and it's more than the sum of its parts. So that's exciting. Well, let me just ask you. Uh, so you you said you play the violin. I would say yes, yes, I do. That is definitely my primary instrument. I started when I was three, and um, I have just played my entire life, and so that's definitely my main instrument, but. Pretty much if it has strings, I pick up it, I pick it up and uh, mess around with it and figure it out enough to, you know, record it and make it sound listenable. So if you, if you were going to write a song, what would be your instrument to write it on? Would, would it be the violin? Would it be the guitar? Would it be the piano? Would it be some kind of strange instrument I haven't even thought of? What's your number? <laughs> what's your number one writing instrument? Or you just do you just grab whatever's available? Are you one of those kind of kind of guys who's just talented enough to grab anything? And like Sam over here, just grab the mandolin, the ukulele, whatever. Just write whatever. Well, I think with this music in particular, I'm going to start with the violin, just because it's it's the one I'm you know most proficient with. If I have an idea in my head, I can play it note for note, record it, and then if I want to, you know take that line and redo it with the cello or something like that. I can do it. But as far as just like getting the ideas out there, that's what I do. Um, if I'm writing from a lyrical standpoint, that's going to come usually from acoustic guitar, um, and piano. Um, but a lot of the times, like when I was doing mostly music with lyrics, I was writing the, I was, you know, writing poetry every day. And then I would come up with these melodies and, you know, the music to it. Um, and then I would just find, you know, the ones that merged and make the mo- made the most sense together. But with, with the ambient stuff, a lot of it is just like that, the song we listen to, it'll just be like that one little simple melody line. And then from there, it really becomes like that streams, stream of consciousness. Um, I just... I put it on a loop and just like keep going and add layers. And I know like I'm going to do this progression a handful of times till it sounds right. And then it's going to get bigger or it's going to get smaller or, you know, wherever the song's going to go. But so we're not hearing MIDI instruments. These are actually you playing the actual instruments. Am I, am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. I mean the synth, a lot of those things that that's all MIDI stuff. Uh, a lot of the piano stuff, there's, there's some incredible piano uh, plugins out there, uh, but yeah, all the strings, uh, all the organic stuff. That's amazing. You know, Absolutely is all, amazing. Is all real I love it. It makes it makes me it makes me really want to dig into your stuff even more, knowing that the strings are are you playing not not to take anything away from keyboards because I mean God knows we need them for those of us who aren't talented sure. enough to play stringed instruments like for that. Sure. Uh, but it, it it's pretty <laughs> amazing, dude. I mean, hats off to you, bro. I appreciate it. I appreciate so, it. so Ross, what do you got um, planned for the for the rest of the year? Like, um, I'm, you know, I, you've been releasing stuff on a on a pretty steady cadence. So, I gotta imagine you have some other things that 
that people want to yeah, know about? Yeah, I do. So, so right now I'm probably halfway through um, with the remix album of Apophenia. Cool. So just, just like I did with Alternate Future, it, it's really... I, I would just encourage you, if you've got some time, listen to a few of the tracks on Alternate Future. And just like, um, you know, how you might hear them from the song we just listened to, that song's fairly, I mean, it sounds thick, but there's really not a lot of instruments going on. It's a lot of ambient sounds and then a handful of instruments making a really big soundscape, but it's sure. pretty minimalist. And then when I put out the Cinescence album, which is the remix of Alternate Future, that's the one I said, I kind of did like the, the Tom York, you know, mm. I put a lot of electronic beats, electric guitars, real drum kit, all of that kind of stuff to it. Believe it or not, I just wrapped up a Christmas song that I, all the, right. the record label, the record label needs it by August. Mm. So um, that, uh, that is done. It'll go out to mastering in the next week or two. Um, and so, and then I'll just start start writing the next uh, instrumental project. But I, I work with a lot of artists and do pro other projects as they come in, string arrangements and stuff like that. Yeah, and you know, if you if you're cool with it, we should talk about that a little bit because you've you've contributed to to, to some pretty significant uh, artists and their recordings. Can you like tell us some of your favorite projects that you've worked on? Yeah, absolutely. So. Let's see, who do I want to start? I'll start with Sleeping at Last because oh, I think nice. Sleeping at Last opened a lot of doors. Um, if you've not heard of Sleeping at Last, check out, you have heard of Sleeping at Last. You right. just didn't know. Um, if you've ever watched an episode of Grey's Anatomy, um, you've listened to a lot of Sleeping at Last. So um, I met Ryan um, several years ago. We went out on tour and I was playing violin for him. Um, we were on tour with, Sleep it was Sleeping at Last and Jars of Clay. Mm -hmm. So then I was able to do um, some string work for uh, the last Jars of Clay record that came out. Nice. Um, I've done, you know, a handful of Sleeping at Last projects throughout the year since the tour. Um, and that music has been on, you know, all kinds of commercials and shows like Grey's Anatomy and things like that. One of the cooler projects I did was an artist out of Portland that goes by Rath, R-A-C. Um, oh, sure. Got got really popular, like is doing Coachella and all kinds of stuff, but is in like the EDM mm. remix genre. Um, I think, I think doing a, a remix of like some Tycho music back in the day is kind of what like he, he blew up from that. But anyway, he sent me this mix um, and it was just all these like synth blips and like just sounds and weird stuff. Like it was all just MIDI stuff and it was like it's got to be like an orchestra yeah and so i'm turning these blips into pizzicatos and all mm. kinds of stuff and that was really fun because a lot of the times when they want strings they'll either you know just say like hey we're hearing a big symphony and like do your thing or they may lay down like some fake strings and just like redo that with the real stuff but this one was like just take all this random like synthy blip stuff and turn it in and that was a really fun project because it it just forced my brain to work in a way that i'd never that's cool done that before yeah it was really neat so nice right on that's cool but i've been doing work th th this last year i've been doing some work with uh some guys that do like movie trailers and stuff like that which is another fun one it's like you're in and out in a minute 52 seconds you know you've got yeah. this like <laughs> it's just, it's a different world. And like every project is always throws something at you and is cool and unique in some new way. So 
Yeah, film film trailers. That's like a whole other language of music because it's Man. It, it's telling the story that they're telling with the trailer, and you have all these rises and falls and boom. Exactly. Yeah, it's totally different yeah. kind of a thing. That's and it's all like synced up with the storyline. It, it's pretty cool. So that's cool. Well, where can people find your stuff, Ross? So you can find my music anywhere you stream uh, your music. So any platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Tidal, Pandora, you name it, it's out there. My website is rosschristopher.com. Um, got a lot of music videos. Um, all my stuff you can find through the website. Um, so those are the best places. Awesome. Ross, I, it's been so great to have you on. It's so great to uh, to chat with you, and I'm so excited for all these new opportunities that have been, you know, presented to you. I know you've been working hard to be in the place to be able to, you know, to really make those things happen. Like you're one of the hardest working artists that I that I know. So it's really exciting to see this coming coming to fruition for you. Well, man, I just I'm so glad you guys reached out. This has been a blast. Jay, you have an awesome voice. Like it <laughs> makes sense that you do this. Thank you. I work on it. I work on it quite a bit. <laughs> well, it, it's good. It shows if that's true. But uh, no, I just I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm excited to hear it. So for another great episode of Two Tape Decks and a Mixing Board, my name is Jay Mack. And I'm Sam Wade. And I'm Ross Christopher. Saying until next week, stay, stay cosmic. cosmic.